Welcome to the Nasrad Podcast, where Nasrad talks about movies, a place where movies are discussed. Friends, today I'm going to give you a really, really quick Debbie and the Devil uh, update. In case you don't know, Debbie and the Devil is the horror film that I've been making for a really long time. Uh, the impetus of, of you know, the movie, uh, maybe you've heard this on the podcast if you've been following the podcast, but like several years ago, I uh, watched by chance this film, Excision, which really blew my mind. And it, and then I found out that one of my friends, Lucas Lee Graham, uh, who has done the podcast, I've interviewed him for the podcast, and he's, uh, you know, he was the DP on uh, Escape from Tomorrow, that movie that they shot uh, in Disney World on, in, in, in secret, right under the noses of Mickey Mouse. And uh, so I saw this film, Excision. It really blew my mind. And, you know, I got the DVD from Blockbuster before they closed and stuff like that for good. And I saw this film. It, again, it blew my mind. How many times am I going to say that? I saw this film. It blew my mind. And then I found out that my friend was working on the, the, the cat who made it, uh, Richard Bates Jr., I found out my friend was working on his second movie, and then that blew my mind. And then just with my mind completely blown, I realized, you know what? That dude went and made a horror, like the best horror film that he could make with what he had, which was amazing, like what, what he made. Like if, if you haven't seen Excision, check it out. It's really good. It's great. Um, and that inspired me to write my own uh, horror movie and... It's been a huge, long, winding road. I mean, it's really been a wild kind of ride, you know, with Debbie and the Devil. Because the thing is, when I decided, okay, I'm going to make a horror movie called Debbie and the Devil, that's all I had. All I had was the title, because I think that's a very marketable title, Debbie and the Devil. And then also, and I guess I'll get into this, I, I, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but it, it's sort of a reference to Mario Bava. And uh, anybody that knows anything about, you know, horror cinema, Italian horror cinema, Mario Bava is like the father of, of giallo filmmaking, of, of Italian horror and stuff like that. And he made a film called Lisa and the Devil. I had seen, I've seen a bunch of Mario Bava movies, a bunch of them in my early 20s, te late teens and early 20s. And then I've I've begun sort of watching them again. And the reason I bring up Mario Bava is because that sort of Italian horror, and not necessarily really Italian horror, but just that vibe that you imagine with Italian horror was what I wanted to sort of infuse Debbie and the Devil with. And so I just had this title, and I'm like, okay, Debbie and the Devil, that's a good title. And I've written this script three times, right? And each time it was a completely different scenario, completely different Debbie. And the only thing that was kind of the same was the devil. And then even that I changed because that show Lucifer came out and, you know, they kind of do the silver tongue devil thing. So I sort of changed the devil. And now my uh, good friend Shannon Klein is going to play the devil. And so it's been a long and winding road. And, you know, the update that I want to give you is, you know, on March 10th, we shot uh, the opening. I decided, you know, when the new year came, when 2017 came, I, I realized, you know what, just don't wait. Just just make your film and, and just start making it and you'll develop a momentum and stuff. And that's really what's been happening. And so I shot, you know, this opening on March 10th. It was a crazy day. It looked like we weren't going to make the day. and But we managed to get everything that we needed. But then, you know, in cutting it together, and then here's the thing that I'm just 
so happy with with what I have so far is the fact that I have an original score. I'm working with Dylan Terry, who's this amazing musician that I know through my brother, and we're friends now and stuff, and we've been friends for a while. And he's giving it an original score, and it's just the most amazing thing to me because when I first started making short films, you know, the first short film I made was called Jane, and it was in this factory and stuff, and it's this guy that's smoking and cutting a shirt at the same time, and or no, no, not at the same time. Like, he smokes, and then he cuts a shirt, and then there's this girl named Jane that's basically marijuana, and she's just sort of spewing her his uh, stream of consciousness or whatever. Very experimental, very, you know, film school-y, even though I never went to film school. But it was something to just get me started and stuff. But when I made that, I took the song of Cannibal Holocaust and I just used that. And ever since then, whenever I would make something, I would use, you know, whatever music that I could find. And in the past few, like, the last two years, I started, there's this great website called Pawn5.com. And basically, Pawn5.com, like the History Channel uses Pawn5.com. It's for any type of music that you want to you that that you want. Like you could just go to Pawn5.com, and this is a good little tip if you're an indie filmmaker and stuff. Go to Pawn5.com if you need some music, and just type in your mood, or even type in a specific type of movie or whatever. Like just t- you could type in I don't know off the top of my head, like Ennio Morricone, and you would get a bunch of sort of generic songs that sound like Ennio Morricone. It's a really really good tool for you know an indie filmmaker. And when I sort of made this, when I decided, okay, I'm going to shoot this scene, I made a decision that I'm not going to use Pawn5.com because I, it was, it was, it was a weird combination of like, I, I didn't want it to feel like generic music. I kind of wanted my movie to have its own vibe. I didn't, and I, on top of that, I just didn't want to owe anybody anything or like pay a bunch for, you know, music rights and stuff like that. And so I talked to Dylan and I said, dude, you know, that would be really great. And this was just out of instinct because I have heard, you know, Dylan's music and stuff, but he had never, he's never done like something like this before. And so since March 10th, we've been going like back and forth and the score that he gave it was really just amazing. Like, like it's really cool. And so basically the, the update is, you know, in cutting it together, we realize, okay, I need a little bit more of this part and I need a, a shot of this and that blah, 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 blah. And so last week, myself, Lucas Patassi, my, my director of photography, and Scarlett Brooks, the lead actress, we went back to the factory and we just sort of reshot what we needed. And it was so fun because on March 10th when we shot, you know, I've worked with all kinds of like crews and stuff like that. But when we shot on March 10th, we had a pretty sizable crew by my standards. You know, there was a bunch of people working on it. And when we went and did the reshoot, um, we, uh, it was just us. It was just the core group of people. It was just myself, Lucas Patassi, and Scarlett Brooks. And it was so fun and productive and creative. And, and we were trying out little things and stuff like that. And so basically the the Debbie and the Devil update is if you've been looking forward to this movie be patient. <laughs> it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while before it's even out on the market. Like one of the weird things is because it's on IMDb and it's been on IMDb for a while there are a lot of websites 
that sort of aggregate or whatever you call it, like they sort of like take anything that's in IMDb and then they offer to 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 uh, show the movie free streaming. And these are like illegal websites. But the thing is, they don't really have access to the free streaming. It's just a way to get you to sign up or give your credit card company. And these are like weird Russian websites and stuff. So the weird thing is, because Debbie and the Devil is on IMDb, it's there are already websites saying, watch Debbie and the Devil here. And, it, you know, and it gives the info of the cast and crew and stuff like that. And it's like, I want to say, wait... You guys are liars because the movie doesn't even exist exists right now. How could you even have access to a movie that doesn't exist? That's silly. The internet is silly. What are you going to do? But anyway, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I touched on this earlier is the Debbie and the Devil's relationship with Italian horror. And basically, I guess, you know, that that's my update. So I guess I'll give you something. You know, if you're listening and you've never seen a Mario Bava film or you're a complete noob when it comes to Italian horror, I'm going to I'm going to give you a suggestion uh, to uh, to get yourself started. If you haven't seen any Mario Bava film and you want the best one to watch, uh, I would say start with Bay of Blood. That's where I started. Or it's also known as uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve. And the reason why I chose it for my first Mario Bava experience was just the title Bay of Blood, and it just seemed like the most bloody thing ever. And in fact, Mario Bava, you know, I think Bay of Blood was, I don't even know, 1971, I think? I'm not sure. I don't know. But Mario Bava made another movie with uh, Christopher Lee, the guy that's in the Hammer movies, and I think he passed away recently, and he was in Lord of the Rings and stuff, and he played Dracula in the Hammer movies. And he did a movie with with Christopher Lee called The Whip in the Body. And so when Bay of Blood was premiering at some festival or somewhere, Christopher Lee was like, oh, I'm going to see what my old friend Bava is, is up, Mario... I'm going to see what my old friend Mario is up to. And he saw the movie and he was so disgusted that he walked out, which is funny because Christopher Lee is like Mr. Hammer horror. You know what I mean? Which, I mean, those movies are pretty tame by today's standards, most certainly. But it's just funny that a fellow horror guy would walk out on another horror guy's movies. But, you know, I recently saw a film called Hatchet for the Honeymoon, which I hadn't seen before. And it was very interesting to me because I guess, you know, and it's a Mario Bava film. I guess it's not the most respected Mario Bava film. And I don't totally see why other than the fact that he really uses a lot of zooms. And he always uses a lot of zooms in his movies. But I, the the thing that I found interesting, because I saw this like a couple days ago. The thing that I found interesting about it is that. You know a movie that's like very strongly parallel to this movie? American Psycho. Because it's about this guy that has some serious mommy issues like, like Norman Bates and Psycho. And, uh, and he goes around killing women on their honeymoons and stuff. And it's just about him and it sort of follows him and it's like almost like a character study of this guy. Another movie that, you know, I mentioned, you know, Debbie and the Devil, the title being a reference to this movie, uh, Lisa and the Devil. I had seen that a, a long ass time ago, like more than 10 years ago, and it didn't totally enter my bloodstream. Just the title. I just like the title. And so I watched that again. And that was very interesting because it's like two movies in one. One is the movie that Mario Bava was making. And then the other one is a really 
bad uh, Exorcist ripoff because the producers really wanted to cash in on the Exorcist craze, which was huge at the time. Um, you know, if you, you know, let's say you watched Bay of Blood. Uh, there's a, there's another movie that maybe you should watch. start with this one because it is sort of known as like the very first Jalo. And if you don't know what Jalo is, uh, uh, read a book, read a fucking book. No, no. If you don't know what Jalo is, Italian pulps came out on like this yellow paper. And I guess Italian for yellow is Jalo. And so these films, and I've heard Guillermo del Toro talk about this. These films... They're basically doing their riff on Hitchcock, basically. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know specifically about Mario Bava himself, but, like, the later Jalo films, like Death Walks in High Heels or whatever the fuck that one is called because I saw it on Shudder, and, um, you know, like, Argento stuff, they're doing Hitchcock. And it's just an interesting translation of Hitchcock. But, uh, you know, one movie that that sort of started the Jalo thing was Blood and Black Lace about these girls in a fashion house and they're getting picked off one by one. Very, very good film. Another movie is uh, Black Sabbath, which is like three uh, horror stories and stuff. Very, very good. Uh, very fun. Uh, Boris Karloff is in it and he plays two parts. He's like the introductor, or like kind of like the Crypt Keeper guy. And he's also... Um, uh, he's also in one of the stories. There's another one, Black Sunday, with this really amazing-looking actress named Barbara Steele. I don't know if she's alive or dead. I hope she's around. But uh, that's a really good one, too. And one of the th consistent themes that I find in Mario Bava's films is the past and how the past haunts us and stuff. So Mario Bava, you know, if you if you haven't seen any of his movies, it's 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 a great little lagoon of of of, you know, horror films. But see, here's the thing. When I first started watching Mario Bava's films, like more than 10 years ago, the one that really entered my bloodstream is Bay of Blood because it's just, it's because it's just so violent. The things that were lost on me, not lost on me, it's just, I don't know, I was just younger, I wasn't paying attention to that stuff totally, you know? is the fact, the reason he gets such respect, like you hear people like Tarantino mention him, Martin Scorsese, uh, Francis Ford Coppola when he made uh, Dracula in the 90s, he was totally doing a Mario Bava thing. Uh, Ridley Scott was accused of, you know, Prome I've, I've heard this on like a podcast, but like they say Prometheus is basically Mario Bava's uh, Planet of the Vampires. In fact, Alien is pretty much Planet of the Vampires. Ridley Scott denies... I think ever seeing this, but if you look into it, I'm pretty sure Dan O'Bannon, uh, the guy, not to be confused with that, with that liver spot, uh, Steve O'Bannon. Wait, which one is it? Dan O'Bannon or no? Dan O'Bannon is the good one. Dan O'Bannon wrote Alien, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he saw Planet of the Vampires at some point and sort of like did his riff on it. But uh, the thing that was sort of lost on me. And I wasn't paying attention to because I was just looking for extreme violence was how beautifully directed 
and art designed and photographed his films are Mario Bava's films. The way his use of color, if you look at his color films, his use of like set design, it's it's crazy. And the older I get, the more I appreciate that stuff because you know I'm doing it myself and stuff. And so now I watch his films with a with more of an attention on the technical aspects and stuff. And Mario Bava is great. He's he's great. He's here right now. Do you want to talk to him? Hello, everybody. I am Mario Bava. Anyway, okay, so that's it. That's my Debbie and the Devil update. That's my little, uh, little thing of Mario Bava. If you, if you, if you're ever in the mood, you got a nice sack of weed and you want to, you know, watch some Italian horror. I think Mario Bava is a great place to start. There are others, of course. There's, uh, the, the great and disturbed Lucio Fulci. There's Dario Argento and there's, there's a bunch. Sergio Martino. The, 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 the Italian horror world is, is a, is a nice little bay of blood. Or I was going to say lagoon. It's like a nice little body of water that, that you could just dive into and, and sort of get something out of. Because, you know, time dignifies everything. And I don't think these films were totally respected at the time that they were released. But now that, you know, time has passed, we can see them for what they are, which are amazing little artifacts of of how the Italians like to ape Hitchcock, I guess. But again, like, you know, like if you haven't seen any of Mario Bava's films and you're into horror and stuff like that, I highly suggest checking them out. Start with Bay of Blood or start with Blood and Black Lace and then work your way through it and stuff. He did another one. There was a... There was a... I, I, I've seen this because the first time I saw it, I, I saw it on Mystery Science Theater 3000, that show where the puppets comment on movies and stuff. But Diabolique, which was, I guess, based on an on a Italian comic about this master thief, Really cool, really fun. I, I wish they didn't do it on Mystery Science Theater 3000 because I think that's a wee bit disrespectful, but I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. And so that's my little update. That's Mario Bava, and uh, thank you for listening. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasred. Email me at Nasredpodcast at gmail.com and visit me at Nasred.com for all of your Nasred needs. And please do like, share, and subscribe on iTunes and leave me a beautiful review and buy a Wild 7 Productions t-shirt. 10% of the proceeds go to Children Incorporated. Goodbye, you Italian giallo friends.